Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. We're going to read right from Judges 7, and we're in the story of Gideon and how God has been giving him clean slate after clean slate. And and I want us to look at verse 9, okay? And it's just a powerful passage that speaks to us about things that I think are going to help us in our own life. Uh, In verse 9, it says, That night the Lord said, Get up, go down into the Midianite camp, and I have given you victory over them. So we see that the Lord is already declaring this to Gideon. He's already telling him that he has the victory. I just want you to go into the camp, and I just want you to go and and just take the victory that I've already given you. But then he follows up in verse 10. But if you were afraid to attack, then I want you to go down to the camp where your servant Purah. And, And listen to what the Midianites are saying. And you will be greatly encouraged. And then you will be eager to attack. And so then Gideon takes Purah and they go down to the edge of the enemy camp. And then the armies of Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east have settled in the valley like a swarm of locusts. 300,000 of them are now in this area. And their camels were like the grains of sand on the seashore. There were so many that they couldn't even count them. The Bible says that in verse 13, that Gideon creeps up just like a man was telling his companion about a dream that he had had. the, The man says, I had this dream. And in this dream, there was a loaf of barley bread that came tumbling down into the Midianite camp. And it hit a tent and turned it over and knocked it flat. And then his companion answered, your dream can mean only one thing. God has given Gideon, son of Joash the Israelite, victory over Midian and all its allies. And then when Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed in worship to the Lord. And then he returned to the Israelite camp and he shouted, Get up, for the Lord has given you victory over the Midianite hordes. And he divided the 300 men into three groups and he gave each man a ram's horn and a clay jar with a torch in it. And then all three groups broke, uh, blew into their horns and they broke their jars. 
and they held the blazing torches in their left hand and the horns in their right hands, and they all shouted, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. And then each man stood at his position around the camp and watched as all the Midianites rushed around in a panic, shouting as they ran to escape. In verse 22, when the 300 Israelites blew their ram's horns, the Lord caused the warriors in the camp to fight against each other with their swords. The Bible tells us in Joel chapter 2, verse 28, that I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all people, that your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy, that your old men are going to dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. The Bible is talking of a time in which God pours out his spirit and gives abilities to people that they would otherwise not have. He empowers them by the Spirit to do things that have a spiritual destiny attached to it. God is saying, I'm going to give you something that is going to not only speak to you about the life you are living, the time in which you're in, but it's going to be something for others as well. Something that others are going to need to hear. Something that others are going to need to see, even though the dream wasn't given to them, it was given to you. But you will be the one who will give the interpretation. And I will give that interpretation to someone else. And I will make sure that people see visions of what my life in them and through them can look like in this world. In Job chapter 33, in verse 14 to 16, it says that God speaks again and again, though people do not always recognize it, that he actually speaks in dreams, in visions of the night. And when deep sleep falls on people as they lie in their beds, he whispers in their ears. God is always speaking to us. He's trying to speak to us while we're awake and he's trying to speak to us even while we sleep. I know that you've had dreams that you don't want to be woken up from. Isn't that true? You're just loving it. Whatever's happening in that dream, you just don't want it to end. And then there are dreams that you want to wake up from. You want them to end. You've had enough of it. It's been torturing you enough and you just want it to stop. Dreams you want to continue even as you're waking up or someone inadvertently wakes you up and you're upset about it because you wanted to see how the dream ended or you wanted it to just simply continue. We've had these experiences. We have terms for it. Sometimes when we're awake, we have these things that we call deja vu. There's another term that maybe people aren't even aware of. It's called deja vu. 
it means that there is something that has happened to us while we're awake that we sometimes are aware that sometimes it's colliding with information that we've already had or an experience that we've already encountered. Something that's already taken place. And yet this is something that we need to just be aware of as well. I mention these things because sometimes we're, we're, we're having dreams and we're looking for interpretations. And maybe you've had this happen to you where someone has come to you and said, hey, I just had this dream. And they tell you about the dream. Has anyone ever done that? I've done that. I've asked people, hey, I've had this dream. What do you think? And people are like, that's like crazy. There's nothing spiritual in that. I, I can't make any heads or tails of it. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Uh, just, just checking. Sometimes I just need to know if someone else is, is, is thinking that maybe there's something in this. Maybe God is going to speak to that person about what it is that I've experienced. I used to have this recurring dream as a kid. I used to have a lot of ear infections and throat infections. At one point, the doctors were recommending that they um, remove my tonsils. My mom was like, no, I don't know if I want him to do that. And, and I kept getting these really high fevers as a kid. And, and in this state that I was in as a child, I remember I used to have this recurring dream of being chased by a rolling aspirin. It was huge. <laughs> it would just follow me everywhere, no matter where I went. I tried to run from it. I couldn't. It would always catch up and eventually it would roll over me. I, and and, I, and the thing, it, it became a thing where I knew that when I had an ear infection and, and I had a throat infection, that I knew that I was going to have this dream. It just kept happening. It hasn't happened since, just in case you guys want to check me into some kind of therapy. But sometimes there's really nothing to the dream. And sometimes there really is. Sometimes it's just weird. And it's not from God. But we've read scriptures where it tells us that we need to watch out for that. I, I, I've learned that through the scriptures, we can get wisdom and advice and insight in what to do when we get dreams. The first thing the Bible tells us is that we are to pray to the giver of dreams. We need to ask God to expose the source of the dream. Before we go to people, we should be going to God. We should be saying, God, what does this mean, if anything at all? Expose the source of this. Is this you or is this me? Is this something that I just encountered, watched, ate? Is this coming from the enemy? What is it? Why is this happening to me? And the Bible tells us that then we are to listen to God. Not keep asking for God to give us the interpretation, begging, pleading, demanding, requiring but trusting that God wants to reveal what it is that he's sharing. If it's God who shared it, trust me, he wants you to understand. And so you listen for God. And you listen for God because you need his peace. The Bible tells us that when God gets us to listen and we truly listen to him, peace comes upon us. And so if you're not listening, you're not going to have peace. The Bible tells us that we are to write it down. Often the people who wrote the scriptures were told things that they needed to write it down. 
They couldn't write it fast enough. They would dictate it to someone else who would, someone else who could. These things need to be written down because we cannot trust the accuracy of our memories. And the more time passes, the more they are diluted. And so we need to get it down as quickly as we possibly can so that we can know if this dream is from the Lord. If it isn't, we can always revisit it and say, it's not, cross it out, move on. It doesn't matter. It's in the journal. It's something that happened, but it didn't come from the Lord. The Bible tells us that we are to seek godly counsel. You know, dreams, receiving them is biblical, but also sharing them is biblical. And we have two very different instances in the life of Joseph where he shares his dream with his brothers and his brothers get so jealous that they take his life from him. They take it away from his home. They put him in the pit. They, slave, they sell him into slavery. He ends up in a prison where now for the second time, someone else is asking for an interpretation and it has to do with dreams. In that moment, I think Joseph could have said, oh, I've already done this. I'm I'm not going to do this again. The first time I got a dream and I shared it, look where I ended up. And, And I think that in that moment, Joseph could have made a decision to just not interpret the dream. And he would have been right to do so. He had the right to do it when he had two other prisoners with him who were sharing his dreams. And even Pharaoh himself was asking for an interpretation and he couldn't find anyone in his kingdom to give it. And in spite of all this, Joseph doesn't shy away from the fact that things went wrong the first time. And he gives the correct interpretation. And not only does it save Egypt, but it saves all of Israel. It saves his own family. And so we know that sharing dreams is biblical. It can be dangerous. It can lead to bad things. People can use it against us. People can try to hurt us and harm us. But it's also a way that God saves and delivers. It's also a way that he makes his harvest multiply and it gets stored so that it can feed generations. You see, sometimes we get bad experiences in our spiritual journey, bad experiences with people and what they do with the things that we share. You know, we we sometimes share intimate details of our past and then people take that and they use it against us. Or we share a dream of how we want to change the world and instead of supporting it, they just mock us and laugh at us like we're fools. This is going to happen. But it shouldn't change what it is that you do. Can we say amen to that? You see, God wants us to also seek counsel. You know, the wise men, you know, if if God doesn't speak to them, they go back to Herod and Herod kills Jesus. And you have to understand that, that God is able to reach anyone. And his outcome is, and his desire is always to save. And I know we don't, we don't want to hear this, but when Joseph shares his dream the first time, God's outcome was always to save him and his people. We know that now because we see the whole story. And 
that's why you can say, yeah, you meant it for, for evil, but God meant it for good. You see, God's, God's dreams always result in good. And they're important for us to, to know them and to discern them, discern them. You know, the Bible also gives us warnings about dreams. It gives us warnings about people that we try to get interpretations from and, and who do we go to for them. In First John chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Dear friends, I don't want you to believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test to see if the Spirit that they have comes from God, for there are many false prophets in the world. And we know that we can sometimes like get a dream and then we go to sources that are not biblical to try to have interpretations of those dreams. We go to people like that. And that's why in Leviticus 19, verse 31, it says, don't turn to mediums. Don't seek out spiritists. Don't go to people who read the stars and the skies or any astrology because you're going to be defiled by them. I am the Lord, your God. And this is important. Why? Because sometimes we want a relationship with God, but the answers we seek are from people. We want God to give us a dream that comes from him, but then we expect people to give us the interpretation of that dream, which God says, hold on a second, not every person can be trusted to do that. You need to watch out for this. Now, why is this important? It's important because even Isaiah 8:19 says that when someone tells you to consult mediums and spiritists who whisper and mutter, this should not be a people who actually should inquire of their God. In other words, the mediums and the spiritists, why aren't they inquiring of the God, of God? It says, why consult the dead? Look at this, on behalf of the living. And, and so we see all of these warnings and I can keep going because there's lots. And yet there's something in us as spiritual people, as followers of Jesus, where we think it's okay to have one foot here and one foot there. One foot in this and one foot in that. Doing some of this and some of that. Getting our answers here, but also getting our answers there. Listen, there is no kingdom that is divided that can stand. There is no house that can stand if we keep building on sand. There is no way that we can withstand the attacks of the enemy if we keep thinking that we can do this by also going someplace else to get it from. And so God says, are you all in or not? And, and the thing about Gideon is that he struggled with being all in. He had a really hard time with it. And he kept asking God for signs. God had to keep showing Gideon, Gideon, you can be all in. I'm going to give you a clean slate. I'm going to give the people a clean slate. I'm going to make it so that you guys can start over. But here's what I want you to understand. 
This is only going to happen, I know, if you believe in what I'm telling you. And so he says to Gideon over and over again, what do you need? And so Gideon says, I need this. And so an angel shows up before him. He offers up uh, bread and, and, and some food of some kind. He, the Bible says that the angel just accepts it as, as, as worship unto God. It, it just burns up in front of him. And he's like, wow, this is amazing. And so then he tells Gideon, Gideon, I want you to tear down the altars and the idols to other gods. And so Gideon does it. He tears it all down. And, and then when he gets a horn in his mouth and, and he blows that horn, the Bible says that the spirit of God is so strong on Gideon in that moment that, that over 32,000 men show up because he called. He, they didn't come because Gideon called. They came because the spirit of the God that he had listened to when he blew the horn, they all came running. Because there are people out there looking for the one who can fulfill their dreams. And there were 32,000 people out there listening for when the horn would finally blow. And when it did, they all came running, knowing that this was the moment that they had been dreaming of. And when they showed up, Gideon starts to tell them God's plan. And then God starts to whittle down the 32,000 down to the 300. Now God does this because God always answers our requests for signs. Doesn't matter how many you're going to need. Doesn't matter how many times you're going to need it. God is saying, I am willing to do what it takes to help you. Even in the story that we're in, we saw it in verses 9 and 10. He tells him, I want you to go into the Midian camp. I've given you victory. But then he goes, I also know you're afraid. And that you're going to need something else. And so God needs to reassure Gideon, just like he needs to reassure you. Where is it in your life right now that you need God to reassure you still? Because God is saying, I already know you need to be reassured. There's a, there's a move you need to make. There's a step you need to take. But you're afraid to take it. Listen to me. God has been telling you to leave someone, to leave something. He's been telling you to go in a new direction. He's been telling you to make a change. He's been telling you to get a clean slate. He's been telling you that you need to do things differently, to not keep doing things the same way. But you're afraid to do it. That's okay. God is saying, I am here to give you the sign that you need. I am here to reassure you still. He knows he needs to be patient with us, patient with our process, patient with what we're going to need when we need it. He knows all that. But I love the fact that God doesn't just speak to Gideon, but he's speaking to his enemy through their dreams. And you know, Gideon is awake and, and, and God asks him for something more. So God finds someone who's sleeping and gives him a dream. And, 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 and I, I love the fact that when I was a kid, I had this, this dream, in case you forgot, of this large aspirin 
that was chasing me and tumbling after me. And it's interesting because the dream that this guy gets is a barley loaf that came tumbling down into the camp. It hits a tent and it knocks it flat. The guy who hears this says, dude, we're done. Gideon and his army is gonna wipe us out. That's what the dream means. And the thing about it is that Gideon is told by God to go into the camp to overhear the dream and the interpretation. And you're telling me that God doesn't want to make things clear for you? You are believing a lie from the enemy. He is lying to you right now. He's telling you that you cannot have this kind of relationship with God. He's telling you that you cannot receive insights, signs, and dreams, and visions for your life. He's telling you that you are not good enough. And I'm telling you that Gideon was not good enough. I'm telling you Gideon was not enough. I'm telling you that Gideon was doing most of the things afraid. Not courageous, not bold, not believing 100%. Wavering, unsure, and yet God still gave him the victory. Are you ready to receive yours? Are you ready for yours? As incomplete as a person as he was, as a spiritual leader as he was, as a warrior as he was, as a leader of others who had dreams of being free, as incomplete as Gideon was, God just came and completed him and complimented him and helped him to get to where he needed to get to so that he could be victorious. The Bible tells us that, that God is going to give us dreams of guidance. He's going to give us dreams of encouragement. He's going to give us dreams of strategy. And he's going to give us dreams of warning. And I need you to look at this and I want you to think about your own life and I want you to think about where it is that you are just struggling right now. Is it in the area of guidance? Is it in the area of encouragement? Is it in the area of strategy? Is it that you just don't heed the warnings that God has given you, that you're missing them, that somehow instead of preventing calamity from coming into your life, it keeps happening. And God is saying, I want to warn you. I want to protect you. I want to bless you. I want to make sure that these things happen to you. And I'm ready to speak to you if you're awake or if you're asleep. And I'm ready to speak even to your enemy that is sleeping. And even if your enemy is sleeping, I will make I will make his dreams known so that you know that I have given you the victory. And maybe we've never noticed that before. Maybe you've missed it in the scriptures. Maybe you haven't heard this story. But imagine God revealing what the enemy is dreaming. I mean, I think we all want God to give us the dream. 
But what if God doesn't choose to give it to us and he gives it to someone else and it still speaks to us of the victory that he's giving us? See, God is saying, I need you to know that, that everything is at my availability. I'm going to use anyone, everyone, anything, anytime to make sure that you hear correctly, that you understand the interpretation of what I've been saying all along. And when Gideon hears the dream and the interpretation, he worships the Lord. He says, God's spoken. He's going to give us the victory. He's been telling him that for a week. He's been telling him for days. He's been telling him over and over again. And guess what? Each time God did it, it was important for Gideon. And I don't know how many times God's going to have to tell you that he's already given you the victory, but bring it on, Lord. Tell me as many times as I need it. Bring it on, Lord, for every person here, for as many times as they need to hear it. Bring it on, Lord. Don't tire of telling them. Find new ways and creative avenues to tell them, Lord. Don't stop, God. Just keep telling them. Just keep reminding them that the victory is already won. Just keep telling them, Lord, that all they got to do is listen to you and go where you're telling them to go because the victory is already there. Just keep telling them, God. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. That's what I want to believe God for you today. That he is not going to stop. That even though we are still afraid, God is reassuring us. Even though we need to understand what he is doing, God will reveal what you need for your victory. God will reveal what you need for your victory. God will reveal it. Because God is here to make your dreams come true. You believe that? He is here to make your dreams come true. And you're like, man, I've waited a long time for those dreams to come true. Guess what? God can still make it happen. He's promising to make it happen. Over and over again, he promises that in the scriptures. Over and over again, he's telling us to not give up. I know we lose our way, we get discouraged, we get down on ourselves, we get down on other people, we look at our circumstances and we tell a story to ourselves that tells us that we are not winning. And I'm not saying deny reality because sometimes, yeah, like defeat is, is, is right there, it is there. But God is also reminding us that he is here to give us the victory. Even in the face of our worst defeats. And so in the face of our dreams and what God wants us to experience, are you ready to trust the Lord today like never before? To put your faith in Him, to believe in Him and not in anyone or anything else but just God? And however many signs you're going to need, he's ready to give them. He's ready to do it because he wants to give you the victory. 
He wants to see the enemy defeated through you. See, the thing about Jesus is that he already defeated the enemy, but he loves seeing him defeated through each of us. Every time we put our faith in Jesus and we trust him above all else, and we believe in the dreams that he still is giving us, and the signs that we need to build up our faith so that we can live a victorious life, he loves it when we defeat the enemy because it's just proof that he has risen from the dead. And Jesus wants to prove that he is alive and risen through you, through your victories. And God is saying, I, I, didn't, I didn't do this so that you would be a defeated people. I did this so you'd be a victorious people. And so that your dreams would come true. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. So can you do something right now, something super practical? And um, I'm gonna ask you to just stand, just change position and, um, and thank you for your attention this morning as, as I taught this, um, this from this message. Okay, super practical, super simple, but super important. Where is it that you need God to give you the victory in your life right now. One thing is gonna, is gonna rise to the surface more than others. And you might be surprised what it is. Because the way that you define success is not the way God sees your success. And the thing that he tells you to target is not the same thing that you're gonna target in your mind and in your heart. And so I might be here in front of you saying, Lord, bless my business. Right? I might be saying, Lord, bless my relationship. But then God's saying, I want you to be a person who stops using my name in vain. I want you to stop being that person who trusts business practices more than my favor. I want you to stop being that person who believes that by building your reach, you are going to somehow be more successful. And on and on we can go, like we can always think of something, but when you listen to God, when you ask God, God, what is the dream and what is it that I should have? Speak to me, make it clear. Show me what it is that I gotta work on. And you'll see that when God reveals what that one thing is, it, it just releases the floodgates of his favor, his blessing, the opportunities that come. Because you focused on the thing that God told you to focus on. Does that make sense? So, so we may say something that may not be the right thing, but here's how you, you can get to the right thing. Always keep an open hand, an open mind, an open heart and say, Lord, I'm gonna say this, but if it's wrong, show me what the right thing is. Can we say amen to that? So it's okay, like we may get it wrong, it's okay. But we're in this process and God's gonna keep speaking to us, just like he did Gideon. How many times did he have to do it for Gideon? As many times as he needed. How many times he's gonna do it for you? As many times as you need it. Are you encouraged by that? And so right now, God, we're going to say, God, just, just, just work in our lives. Just work in my life, Lord.
Here's the thing that I think is the thing. And if it's not the thing, show me the right thing. Yeah, just do your thing. Do the right thing. Do the best thing. Do it right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only He can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening, and God bless you immensely.